Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are the Aboriginal Outlaws Podcast. I'm Sugar Bear, and unfortunately, Joshua and Johnny B are out for this week. Uh, if you haven't seen on Facebook recently, Johnny B had uh, sustained some injury to his beautiful baby face. Um, we are praying for a speedy recovery because, uh, you know, it sucks getting injured and then going home to your kids. And they ask every day, Bobo or Dad, are you okay? You know, he's got to be all like, ah, I'm all right. It's just a little sore. And uh, Joshua is on vacation. So, unfortunately, you just got good old Sugar Bear here. But I have an amazing guest who uh, can definitely fill more than two pairs of shoes. Uh, I'm I glad you like... said shoes. I'm really glad you said <laughs> shoes. I don't know where you're going with this. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, let's, let's welcome back uh, the untamed child, Buck Wild. Wild, how you doing there, Will Sugar Bear? What's happened to my man? Uh, nothing much. Uh, what have you been up to, man? It's been a long time. Oh, God, I've been here since crisis and diapers. I'm doing really well, dude. I'm down. I'm finally down to one job, That's which great. is awesome. Full time at CK1. Loving it. Absolutely loving it over there. And I'm doing all kinds of things, which is so kick-ass cool. I'm on the air. I'm doing production. I'm working the bingo. I'm doing remotes. It's fantastic. It's even cool. You heard that, folks? He's working the bingo. He's working the bingo. Doing the bingo, baby. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and, and it's so cool. Every now and then I call the bingo, like when Reen can't make it, she's got she's on vacation or doing something, so she asked me to call it. And boy, the, the, I can you can almost. Uh, <laughs> I heard I, you make a lot of mistakes. Dude, oh yeah, I do, dude. Oh my god, it's horrible. You're like D, 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 D. There's no D. It's like amazing because I'll be like, there'll be no ends called in this game. No ends called in this game. Your first number N forty one. You know, the phone lights up and people are just freaking out, and I'm like. Oh, I can just feel the hatred. And I'll be walking See, around town. See, we told you no N-words, and you already slipped. Yeah, and man, I'm, wa- I'm walking around town, and I'll go into Twin Leaf or something, and everybody's like, oh, N-41. <laughs> I'm like, dude, <laughs> buy, your, buy your $12 bag of pretzels and leave me alone when I got enough problems. But it's wonderful. It's wonderful. But... I'm enjoying it. I had my grandson with me not too long ago. I took him to go see the oh. Foo Fighters out in uh, Ottawa, man. The Foo Fighters. We were right up against. Yeah, my grandson's 15. Wow. Kid's my size. Wow. Kid is my size. That's like a size 14 shoe. It's like, what the hell you got in the waters over here? Hamburger? <laughs> it was huge, man. The kid's a beast. But he's an awesome kid, man. And his favorite band's the Foo Fighters. I was like, dude, we're going to go see the Foo Fighters. And where's, where's he from? He's in a Thousand Islands, man. He lives on a Thousand Islands right now. Oh, so you basically just planted seed in Clayton, and they all just somehow migrate yeah, back Yeah, they up just to do. That. It's amazing. Not quite like my Uncle Tommy. Uncle Tommy cooked me. I, every, every year, I meet a new cousin. <laughs> I'm like, you got to be one of Tommy's kids. I got to start his own nation. I did want to ask you something. Sorry to yeah. cut you off. Oh, I did want to ask you something. And I know that every time we have you on the show, it slips my mind. And probably for good reason, because I don't know how much you're comfortable with sharing with uh, me. Well, I know you've shared the story with me, definitely, but with our audience. Mm -hmm. But um, seeing how uh, the trial of the Chicago 7, I don't know if you had seen that movie. Yeah, it was actually, they they actually had an eighth one who was part of the Black Panthers, who was originally part of, who they tried to put in to lump in with that. And right. he's actually, I'm not even part of these guys. Why am I even here? And they actually tried to try him with that whole gang. So. Right. But it was still just Chicago, uh, the Chicago 7, yes. Uh, but I remember you telling me that uh, when you were a kid that actually one of the people that's portrayed in that movie, you used to see him around the house sometimes. Yeah, he was actually. Mr. Abby Hoffman. Abby Hoffman, yeah. And just to, uh, we're just to back up a little bit. Well, just to, so people can identify if they don't know who Abby Hoffman is. Um, Abby Hoffman was one of the uh, members of the Chicago 7. 
Uh, Chicago Seven, uh, they were they they were only they're only called that for the for the trial. They're just their own gang. But once it's yeah. like, well, they're the Chicago Seven now. You have to, you have to give it a title. <coughs> Excuse me, sorry. And Abby Hoffman, if you've ever seen, uh, it helps people. It helps people. Every, almost everybody's seen Forrest Gump. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Now there's a scene in Forrest Gump where Forrest comes home from Vietnam. Yeah. And he's like, I had to see the president again and go, you know, and all this stuff. And he's touring around Washington, D.C. Yes. And he ends up getting stuck in a protest group. Yeah. And they're, they're actually getting guys on the bus. And there's Forrest. And they're looking at, yeah, man, get on the bus, man. Come on. So they get him on the bus. And they take him to, uh, there's a big gathering over at the uh, Washington Monument in Washington, D.C. Yeah, it overlooks the Washington Monument. Yeah, the reflection pool. Is that what it's called? I believe so, yeah. yeah. It's fucking huge. Yeah, yeah. that's right. So anybody that's been to Washington or anybody that's seen that movie or any other government type of conspiracy movie, whatever it is, that's always in there. Anyways, there's a protest going on there. Can I, can I do the voice? Can yeah, I man, do go the ahead. voice? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. And there was a guy up there. He liked to say the F word a lot. Yeah, he was. And so, <laughs> so bring forth, that's what it was. Like, so I got up there. And there he was. And this man liked to say the F word a lot. It was, it was, he was just. And anyways, so if you remember that scene, yeah. there's a guy on stage who has a shirt that looks like the United States flag. Okay. That's Abby Hoffman. Yes, sir. And he was a huge uh, uh, activist for, you know, human rights and stuff like that. He was also the one. There's a, a famous Vietnam. If you've ever seen the movie, I believe it called either the '60s or 1969. Or I think it's called the '60s. It was actually a TV series, I believe it was. Yeah, it was a TV series. It had like um, uh, Styles, Julia Styles. Yes, like. yeah, this yeah. Type it was of just thing. like one of those made-for-TV. Yeah. yeah, but it went on, and they, and of course they also showed they showed actual clips of of, of that time and and. Real pictures of Bob Dylan and stuff like this, and there's a there's yes. one in there where uh, Abby Hoffman's like, "We're not going to buy into your children for breakfast, our kids for breakfast program, or our children for breakfast program." Hollering at the government, "We're not going to give you our kids to send off the war," and he's like, "He's like, we're not going to give you our kids, our children for breakfast program. We're not going to buy into that bullshit, right?" So this was Abby Hoffman. Mm -hmm. What happened was now you have the um, it was like the. Uh, uh, I know oh, that's a horrible habit. I'll explain that okay. later. I know we know this story. <laughs> the wonderful thing about the girls. Yeah, yes, yes, man. Um, so, anyways, uh, again, back to it. So they're accused of like a, 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 the Democratic convention, uh, a convention. They're like, like almost like sabotaging it type of thing. Okay. Yeah. And so they became the Chicago Seven. Well. <clears throat> during the trial, you know, they're going through this, and they went through all the trial and stuff, and it was getting kind of close to the end, and uh, Abby Hoffman's like, hey, man, <laughs> I got an idea, man. And he just made, like, a fetus and head out. He left. Just just got away from all of it. But, no, there actually wasn't even really anything violent about their protests, was there? No, there wasn't, but again, back then... Just like as it would seem, everything was seen as radical. As, that's what it was because communism was scary. Back All that then. stuff, but oh, no, yeah. but just to, to have an opinion was scary. No, just to have, to an, have opinion. an opinion then was you were seen as communist. That's what I mean. Yeah, because you were going against the American way. Yeah, and whatever whatever way that is. And so, I mean, a lot of them did carry around pictures of Chairman Mao that yeah. probably didn't help. <laughs> Are you gonna shut up? <laughs> I don't need to hear your opinions. Okay, so anyways, <laughs> you shut the fuck up and let me talk. <laughs> uh, I love you, dude. So, I love anyways, you. um, 
So he so did. So when are you going to start writing Calvin and Hobbes again? Oh, do you liking that? You're fucking sure. It's oh, beautiful. dude, man. <laughs> Somewhere there's a Puerto Rican in East L.A. wonder where the curtains in his van went. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. It's a miracle what you can do with a shower curtain and a couple years of home ec. <laughs> liking that. Hey, man, it was the nicest one the dollar store had. So no, back you, off. You, you do look like a voice actor. <laughs> yes, like, I do, yeah, yeah. I used to do the Animaniacs. <laughs> I look so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say so, Mr. George. <laughs> so anyways. So, what, <laughs> so do you, what, Abby did, what, did, what did you think of Sacha Baron Cohen's portrayal? Of, uh, I thought it was great. Yeah. I, anything he does, I like. But I can't really sit there and say, I know that. And that's exactly what it was like because he wasn't like that when I knew him. Abby Hoffman was not like that. And keep, you got to keep in mind, I'm giving you my impression and interpretation of him from the eyes of like a, a, a six-year-old kid. You know, it was that was six and seven, <clears throat> eight years old. That's when, that's when I knew him. That's when my mom knew him. So getting back to how I got to know him was he leaves, he goes away, he disappears. Nobody knows where this guy is. Well, it turns out that he changes his name. He changed his name, mm-hmm. and he changed his name to, I want to say it's Barry Freed. It's either Barry Freed or Alan Freed. Can you say that? Yes, I can. Okay. Yeah, I can. I'm, I'll say it right to you. I got no problem with that. Um, it's either Barry Freed or Alan Freed. Anyways, and I want to say it's Barry Freed. Barry Freed was the DJ who back in the 50s coined the phrase rock and roll. Yeah. It might be Alan Freed now that I think about it. Anyways, because whenever you see movies like, uh, say, La Bamba and all these type of things, they always have the, hello, baby, always have that, that, that era. It was never, you know, Chuck Berry or something. It was Alan Freed or Barry Freed, rock and roll show. Right. And he presented these. So, he, so uh, Abby Hoffman takes that name and he moves to the Thousand Islands, right here in northern New York on the New York Canadian border, right here in our St. Lawrence River, just down, down the river a piece. It's a thousand islands. Actually, we're still part of it. We're still part of the thousand islands right here, um, right on the edge. But we're still part of it. He moves out to the thousand islands, and there's a few people that knew who he was, really knew. And my mom was one of them. My mom went to Woodstock. God bless you. I love you, mom. Um, she was just one of these one of these types of people, you know. Was she there the whole time at Woodstock? Yeah, yes, she was. Because yeah. for people that don't know, yes, it was advertised as a three day festival. It was actually four, because just trying uh, to get out. Hendrix didn't show up till Monday. That's right. Well, he showed up Monday morning. Yeah, and Monday morning is when he started playing. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, she was there for the whole thing, and um, so she was one of these few that really knew who who Abby Hoffman was. Knew right. it was really Abby Hoffman, right. and um, it was cool because uh, she worked at the Thousand Islands Inn. The Thousand Islands Inn is like a restaurant bar downtown Clayton. And then every now and then, man, somebody would come into town who didn't belong there. Yeah. They'd come into the bar, you know, a couple of guys. And my mom said, hey, fellas, what can we get you? Oh, we'll take a, you know, scotch and soda or something. Something very odd that wasn't a common drink. No problem. She took it. And, hey, we, what's our, we're looking for a buddy of ours. You know, he kind of, he got to think he's supposed to be around here. We're not sure. And mom's like, mm, can't help you. She, they describe him. And mom's like, yeah, you know, there's a lot of people here. It's summertime. It's a thousand dollars. Everybody's here. Knock it off. You want another drink? Okay, cool. You know, anyway, here's an extra lemon. Get out of my face, you know. And uh, as soon as they left, man, she'd be over on the phone. And I keep in mind, this wasn't computers and cell phones. This was just dialing it out. Rotary phone. Hey, man, these people are asking about him. Get him, get him on the other side of the on the other side of the river right now, and they would get him in a boat and whoosh, over to one of the Canadian islands right there. That's how they did it. 
And this will go on for a little bit. And as a matter of fact, if you go downtown to downtown Clayton, uh, New York, go downtown to this day, there's a place down there called Save the River. And that's actually one of the organizations that uh, Abby Hoffman uh, actually uh, founded and started right there in the Thousand Islands. And I believe that came up, I believe he started that like maybe just after late 76 or 77 because there was a, a tanker, an oil, that a, a tanker ship that ran aground, spilled oil all over the whole, it was oh, horrible, no. it was horrible, horrible mm-hmm. all over the whole place. And so he started to save the river, which was, you know, it was a cleanup effort. It was trying to put more restrictions and stuff like this for people who, um, you know, for those big businesses, whatever, they're, they're hauling this crap through the river. He just wanted to, and to this day, save the river office is still there. So that's pretty cool stuff. And I do remember the day the FBI, the U.S. government, found Abby Hoffman. I mean, I'm in my living room after school, get ready to watch TV. My mom and all her friends are right there. You could hear the choppers coming right up to St. Lawrence and heading down toward the bridge and everything. And I was like, I, I, but again, I'm a little kid. I'm like nine years old or something like that, eight or nine years old. And uh, maybe 10. Anyways, but in that zone. And, um, you know, and Walter Cronkite's right there on TV. Walter Cronkite's, they found <clears throat> Abby Hoffman, the member of the Chicago 7 who disappeared and blah, blah. They found him up in upstate New York in the Thousand Islands on the Canadian border. You know, and, and of course, there's all these, you know, political parties and lawyers, everybody's speaking on, on, on uh, TV. And, and there's my mom and her friends. That's bullshit. He never said that. He never did that. That's government bullshit, man. You know, and this is happening right in front of me. It's for me to you, dude. It's happening right in front of me. And all I could think of was when the hell are you people getting out of here so I can watch Scooby-Doo? <laughs> pretty sure it's a good episode. I know it's going to end up with these meddling kids, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be a good episode. Can right. you guys hurry this shit up? But, uh, yeah, that's what that was all about. And it was, it was pretty crazy. It was it's it's crazy now as I got a little older and understood exactly what that was. But I mean, as a kid, you're just kind of there, you know, and you're just you're just there in the moment, and that's just what it was. And all I could think of was cartoons and cereal and you know that type of shit. And just watching my mom and her friends yell at the TV and just going off, I was like, okay, yeah, well. big moments when you're a kid are fleeting at best because yeah. you're just kind of like, yeah, yeah whatever. Bob yeah. Dylan used to actually come up to the Thousand Islands and see Abby. Bob knew where he was. I nice. know who he knows where he was, man. Nice. So it's just one of those things. It's just one of those little Rain Man things in my life that I just kind of, you know, force gumped into, and there it is, you know. So, hey, man, that type of thing. I know those are two different things, but I just throw that out there. That's okay. Okay, cool, man, cool. But that, anyway, that's how I knew Abby Hoffman. That's how I knew Abby Hoffman. Man. And Abby Hoffman, he actually wrote a book called Steal This Book, and many people have. If you can find it somewhere, steal it if you get a chance. Kind really of reminds cool. me of a uh, system of a down with steal this album. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Right on. I wonder if they got that from him. I don't know. I remember I bought two copies, so I felt bad. <laughs> yeah, what, man. What year were you born? I was born in 1970. Ah. 1970. When's your birthday? June 13th, 1970, man. So you got Dude, I think you were conceived. At Dude, I, I, am I right? I think you were conceived. I think mom held on for a couple of months. So I'm like, hey. <laughs> You know, and I'm and I'm like, you know, oh, why do no, I? Man. I've got curly pubes, but not the curly fro. I'm like, ah. <laughs> how close did you get to Jimmy, Mom? I tell you what about uh, some really cool, th- something cool about Woodstock. This is actually pretty cool. And again, this is one of these Forrest Gump things in a way. 
When I was in high school, we had a teacher named Mr. Callie. I don't know if I've told this story on the show before. Tell it again. It's fine. Okay. Um, we had a teacher named Mr. Callie. He was our English teacher. Cool guy. But he was very monotone. Have you ever seen um, ever seen Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Of course. Okay. Ben Stein? Yeah. Bueller? Yeah. This yeah. guy was like that. He had that. Something D-O-O yeah, economics. Yeah. yeah it was just. Voodoo economics. Yeah. Voodoo. Bueller. Bueller. Yeah. And he was just. Mr. Cali was the same way. He had a button vest. He had the flat top. Uh, early uh, Bruce Wayne. Early, you know, Batman type of uh, flat top on him. He had glasses. <laughs> and he was just. But he was. And, and like I said, the tweed vest. And it was just. He was just this guy. And. um he, he, I remember the first day I was in his class, we did the roll call. And see, and Alex Bay, they called me BC, Buck Cook. But they would just all call me BC. I went in, I registered. Oh, which was Big Cock? Well, well that's, what, that's what they thought it was. <laughs> it worked. I was a father at 17. I mean, um, you know, they, you were the darkest kid in that fucking town, man. Dude, man. I think they were just like, somebody had jungle fever over there. Over there. Oh, my God. I think it was that pirate lady. Yeah, oh, like, no. like, oh, my God. I wonder if he's got a teepee. I'm like, I'm from the land of the longhouse, but thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Chief Longsacks coming through. Chief Longsacks coming go. through. And so, anyways, um, they called me BC, and I go into his class, and uh, he's going down roll call, and he sees my name, Lawrence Cook. Lawrence. I'm going. Oh no, I'm right here, Mr. Kelly. I'm BC. He goes. Uh, no, I don't think we'll call you BC. I think I'll call you Larry. 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 And he writes it down, and then. Larry Cook, <laughs> Larry, and I'm like, here, and so and that's what it was, and I was, I didn't mean to be, but I was that, like, he had a rule, don't go behind his desk, you know, he, and he, he'd be grading your papers or whatever, you had to go see him, come to the front of the desk, I always went around, Mr. I had the paper, Mr. Kelly, can you look at this, can you, Larry, Larry, <laughs> Larry, and I'm just like, what? Go around to the front. Mr. Kelly, yeah, thank you. What is it, Larry? <laughs> he was this kind of guy, which is fine. Well, I remember, you know, we're like halfway through the year, and he said something. Again, he was just a very calm calm guy. He never got mad, never got angry that I knew about. At least he didn't explode. And one of the students in the class, this Ronnie Hunter, Jay Bowles or somebody, they're like, boy, the Woodstock must have been good to you. Like, you know, he's always high acting or whatever. And he's like, I was actually at Woodstock, and I, I, dude, I jumped up. That's enough bullshit, you, Mr. Cali. I'm sorry, I'm swearing, but no, we're not, I'm not gonna let you do that. You know, I gotta pay your bullshit here. You're at Woodstock. Get out of here, Larry. I was at Woodstock, and no bullshit. For the next week, we did a project on Woodstock, and you gotta remember. Okay, I was a couple years older than everybody else there because I failed twice, but hey, that happens. <laughs> you know, I wanted to see. I know we already made fun of it. Yeah, of dude. You I mean, it's time. you can't. I want. We went to Upper Canada Village in fifth grade. I wanted to see how they made the cheese. I didn't get it all, so I failed fifth grade to go to Upper Canada Village again. That's how it works. Yeah. I also failed first grade because that's another story. <laughs> you, 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 you told it last time, and uh, we don't need to pick on you again. Oh, no, by, by all means. It's, it's, That's I don't, the great that thing about only having me here, Bucky. Dude, I'll tell you when this. When it's right. just me, I'm going to let you fly, baby. Baby, I'll you. tell Uh-oh, you this. Right I'm now. frozen. Wow. Uh-oh, wow. I'm Look at frozen. that. That's okay. Let's go back to Bucky. There we go. <laughs> wow. Um, so, anyways, uh, so, so they mentioned Woodstock, and next thing you know, 
And keep in mind, there's only about three or four of us yeah. that actually knew in the class that knew what Woodstock really was. You know, we could actually name. How the fuck did they not know what Woodstock? Dude, was? you gotta. I, I don't. I don't. I don't know. You gotta understand the kids that I went to school with when they got a little older. <laughs> They're into Madonna and YouTube and shit like that. Okay, me, I was like into Aerosmith and oh. 30 Special. There we go. Is that cool? We're cool. Yeah, we, we're just glitching a little bit. So okay, I, I think I'm tapping the yeah, table. Yeah, 38 Special and Madonna, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I was into Aerosmith and Pink Floyd and things. <laughs> what a good pause. I love it. It's still recording. It's, it's still recording, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I was into those type... <laughs> <laughs> Just don't even look, man. Just don't even look. Okay. Right. So I was into that stuff. You know, that's what I grew up with. Rocky Horror Picture Show, Jesus Christ Superstar Rock Opera, Elton John, Aerosmith, Pink Floyd, all that stuff. Skinner, I was into that stuff. Yeah. And so by the time I, you know, when this whole Woodstock thing came around, I knew what it was. Uh-huh. I knew what it was. Me like another guy, Jay Balls. We knew what it was. Jay Balls? Jay Balls. Yeah, my buddy Claude. Claude. Jay Balls, Balls or Bulls? Balls. Balls. Like smoking a bowl. Oh, I got you. We all called it. We used to call. We used to call him Claude for like Claude Balls. Was, <laughs> was he a stoner? Uh, no, he really wasn't. He really wasn't. He plays music too. He plays guitar. Great guy. And um, so we did this project. We had to do a study on it and stuff like that. And this was. I don't cool. know why I thought of Spinal Tap. Great look, good drummer. He's a great drummer. Great look. <laughs> what happened to him? Uh, he died. Unfortunately, he died. He died. Yeah. <laughs> Choked on his own vomit. He really can't dust for vomit. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, anyway yeah, Jay Balls, Jay yeah, Balls, Jay yeah. Balls. And actually, he does drum. I think he does drum, drum and guitar. But anyways, so we did the, re- you know, we did our study and everything on it. And I actually had Woodstock at home. I had the VHS at home. We brought the whole. There's a whole documentary on Wood, on Woodstock. And I actually had that. So I brought that in, and we watched it for like two days. Right? You had a VHS at the time? Dude, I had a Betamax, man. I was going to say, your mom must have had money. Yeah, man. We had a Betamax. And, dude, I loved it. it was like I had a cord attached to the machine. Like, it wasn't even wireless, dude. It wasn't even wireless. You actually had a cord attached to the machine to play and fast forward and shit. It was amazing. Mm. I, was, you know, I was right next to the 8-track. Beautiful. And so um, I brought that in, and we watched that. So we watched that right there. And then uh, I thought that we're all over with this thing, this whole Woodstock. I thought, okay, we did the project. That Monday, we come in, everybody comes into class, and Mr. Callie, he's setting up the overhead, okay, the overhead projector type of thing. And he had uh, the slide, slide projector. And he had these, these reels, okay. I don't know what they're called. I forgot what they're called. Where the slides are in, you just hit the slide, it clicks. And yeah, it just. Yep. Yeah. He had like three of these. He had like three cakes of this. He puts it in, and we're watching, we're sitting there, and it's all these black and white pictures. And I'm like, am I really seeing this? And he's like, so here's a road leading up to the festival. And you can see there were a lot of people there showing up at this time. Clicks it. Here's the same road from the opposite side. These are actual pictures of Woodstock that nobody's ever seen in print. Yeah. Actual pictures of Woodstock. Right. And I'm like, how the fuck did this guy get these? This guy. How did this guy get these? It's like me. 
oh, president of the albinos of America, Lawrence Cook, come on in. Oh, great. You know, I'm never. How did this guy get these? Yeah, these pictures? this whole time he thought he was lying. Yeah, and 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 I'm watching, and he has these amazing pictures of the trip tents. He has yeah. pictures of the hog farm, wavy gravy, and those guys over there. He has pictures of all that shit, and there's there's just. People in mud and people swimming in tents and all this. He has all these amazing pictures. The rain on people and people sliding around and dancing. He has all these pictures. Then he, he takes out another a carousel. I think they're called carousels. I think he, he takes out another, puts another carousel. Same thing, all these pictures. We're halfway through the second carousel. And I'm like, hmm. I saw these pictures where he's on a platform. And I can see the stage. And I go, Mr. Kelly, where are you? On this platform, and he goes, "Oh, uh, I'm st- I'm I'm right where the stage. I'm behind the stage. This is where the 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 the, the entertainers uh, would go by, and it's like, dude, it's only this wide." I'm going, "Well, where are the pictures of Janis Joplin? Where are the pictures of of uh, of ten years after? Where are the pictures of Crosby, Stills, and Nash? Where are the pictures of Santana? I go, where are the pictures of Jimi Hendrix? He goes." Larry, I can tell Jimi Hendrix from Jimmy Stewart. I'm like, Jimi Hendrix is the black guy. Maybe you don't have any pictures of it. To me, it was all noise. Can you imagine what a uh, uh, unprinted, like like published picture of Janis Joplin or any of those guys were from there? Starship? Any of those guys? Jefferson Airplane at the time? Would would have gone for? It? He has no pictures of the entertainers. All of people. And the thing is, where he was standing, that's the, the entertainers go by him. Jimmy Hendrix probably bumped him. Excuse me, man. Oh, that's okay, James. Go ahead. You're blocking my shot. I well, was, it was incredible. Is, that just shows you what he finds valuable, what he took from it. Oh, no, I get like, that. Obviously, you would want yeah. to look at the entertainers. You'd want to see the, right. the heroes. He wants to look at the spectacle. Well, here's the thing. And that's, you know, he's like, wow, look at all this. It's like a sea. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like it's like a sea that you don't see. <laughs> it's like a sea you're looking at. You can't see it because the because the water's in the way. Right. Yeah. And I go, and so I had to ask him. I said, "Why were you there then? Why did you go? What what, what was that?" Mm. And he said, "A friend of his wanted to sell some hot dogs, and Mr. Callie had a van." And so they had this stuff. They drove it out there. They were going to sell hot dogs and burgers out of his van or whatever. And, of course, you know, another 500, you know, 450,000 people show up. And he kind of got stuck there. And they didn't go anywhere. He knew he wasn't going. He's like, well, I'll just get my camera and take some pictures, I guess. I'll just do that. And I was like, oh, my God. And to this day, that's still just so amazing to me. And I know he wasn't doing well health-wise. I don't know where he is. I have no idea. I know his. I believe his family is still out there in the Thousand Islands. But I would love to say just whatever happened to those. Not that I'd want to buy them or whatever. Just whatever happened to those, because that's just like. And of course, you don't realize at the time something like that is happening. You don't see it, but that's 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 huge American culture. That's that's, yeah, that's a yeah. huge. That's that's that wasn't an event. That was an event. A a, a cultural changing, altering event right there. That was something. And of course, we never see that for what it is at the time. It's not till well, definitely till not after. your peers. They were like, "Oh yeah, I was just want to watch MTV." You're like, "Fuck that, you!" That, kid. That, it was just like that. Like, and they're like, "Um, did Aha play?" <laughs> yeah, 
they're saying take on me after Hendrix opened up the morning. They did that. was <laughs> <laughs> so after Shanana YouTube show YouTube showed up. It's great, man. Yeah. You know that type of thing. But it was just amazing. It was just totally cool. And again, I look at that today as man. I was I'm even though I was just I was a teenager when that was all going and this whole thing. I actually got to meet somebody and see these pictures from that. But I mean, my mom was there and she talked about it, of course. Yeah. But just to see it from <clears throat> this other, and, and like you just a said. A different perspective. Yeah, right? and he just, he didn't, that was, to me, that was just a bunch of noise. Ah, kill, kill me, kill me, small. Well, like you had asked, you're like, you know, what happened to those? Like a nice, you know, brown case that happens to say Gibson. And inside is a priceless 59 Les Paul. It's probably just up in someone's attic collecting just, dust. Just sitting there, man. I'm like, oh, oh, man. But I do. And what's so cool is I like finding those treasures. I think that's cool. And even though that's not, even though that's a treasure I haven't found, I guess you say, since I've seen it, but I did see it. I did see it well, for real. Let, I, let, let, let's cool. go there. Let's go there. Since yeah, man. a lot of people that do listen to our show, they know I'm a music guy, but I love yeah. bringing you back because you're definitely a music guy. And love it. for those of you that don't know, our listeners, Bucky here is definitely a Les Paul man. Yeah, yeah. So, I, uh, yeah. you know, we don't ever really let to get you just fly your freak flag and, like, tell us about your heroes and stuff. So now that, you know, it's just you and I sitting here bullshitting, you know, I don't think I really do know. I know you love Aerosmith. Joe Perry's up there. I get it. Mm -hmm. But Joe Perry is, he just wants to be Keith. Keith just wants to be, you know, Muddy Waters. Muddy Waters just wants to be someone else. Besides Joe Perry, the obvious, you know, yeah. who are your heroes and what, what made you want to be a Les Paul guy? Well, if we're talking about heroes, there's only one hero I can think of. It's you, Will. <laughs> I'm so kidding. Anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> Will and I are like this. I'm the one over here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, no, man. Uh, I got into. Well, here's the thing. How that kind of happened. Um, He's so mean. <laughs> growing up, I listened to a few different things. I didn't listen to what other kids were listening to. Other kids weren't listening to. It. Again, we're talking 1970, early 70s. Okay, that's when music kind of came into my life. I was like three or four years old. And I was basically listening to what my mom was listening to. So I was listening to Elton John. I was listening to The Band. I was listening to uh, Jesus Christ Superstar Rest Rock Rest in album. peace. Uh, Robbie, Robbie Robinson, Robinson, baby. Robbie Rest Robinson. in peace. Awesome wow. guy. So this is the stuff I listened to. I remember uh, <laughs> about four uh, years old. Uh, uh, four years old, uh, we had a Christmas party at Mohawk School. When I went to the Mohawk School. Oh boy! And our teacher was like, "Hey, if you guys want, you, if you kids want, you can bring some album, you know, bring some music for for the Christmas party tomorrow." Oh man, cool, cool, cool! So, you know, every all the other kids, we got there the next day. The other kids, they brought in like, uh, you know, the Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer, the the, the um, you know, Frost of the Snowman, all that type of stuff. Disney's Christmas hits, whatever it was. I brought in Elton John's greatest hits, and my teacher actually felt. She, she sees me with this album. There is Alan John in the white suit, just leaning forward, you know, yeah. on that album. And, uh, <laughs> and my teacher's like, did you steal this from your mom, Buck? You can tell me the truth. I said, no, I didn't steal it. My mom said I can borrow it. And she goes, well, do you even know some of these songs? I go, well, yeah, yeah. I was like, here, start off with start off with Benny and the Jets. You can end up on Honky Tonk right here. Honky Tonk Cat right here. Honky Cat. Yeah, Honky Cat, him too. 
And uh, <laughs> he get goes, the fucking song right, Buck. <laughs> so she was cool enough. Get I think back, I, hunky cat. Yeah, so I think, I think she was cool enough to play Daniel. I think she, she played Daniel in your song because they're just a little softer. Uh, but I was like, okay, that's all right. But she did play them. So that's the stuff I was listening to. And I remember when I was, when we moved to the Thousand Islands, moved to Clayton, uh, I was in church school. We had church school. We only had a one day out of the week, though. Like, we are at a regular school, and then near the end of the day, on Wednesdays, the church school kids walked to the church, and we did our church class, and then came home. And uh, I was a walker. Like, I didn't ride the bus. I was a walker in the village, so I would just leave the church. I'd leave the church right there because our house was just across the street on the next block. Yeah. Anyways, but the first day, the, the first day of church school, the teacher's like, okay, class, who knows who Jesus is. You know, one kid's like, Jesus is the one we talk to and we pray to when we go to get when we're eating. Oh, good. That's right. Jesus is the one we pray to when we're getting ready for sleep, ready for bed. Yep, that's right. That's right. And even at six years old, I'm just like, <sighs> so they're just kind of like, is this, this really happening? This is the best you guys got. <laughs> you know, I was just a little, you know, a little kid. But even then, and she says, who else? Does anybody else know who Jesus is? I was like, <laughs> she's like, you. I didn't even have a name yet. <laughs> it was just you at this time. Yeah, you, yeah, you yeah. know, little dark kid in the class, <clears throat> you know. You. I said, yeah. I said, Jesus died on the cross. Um, his father was Joseph of Arimathea. He had 12 friends of his. They're the apostles. Judas was the one that betrayed him. Now, everybody thinks uh, that... Um, that uh, you know, Caesar, the, the emperor of Rome, was the one that put him down. That that killed him first, but he didn't kill him at first. He actually sent him to King Herod, because Jesus was from Galilee, and King Herod was like in charge. He was like the, the boss of Galilee, so Jesus had to go to him first. But King Herod wanted nothing to do with him, so he sends him back to the Roman emperor. They 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 whipped him twenty nine times, and I'm just going off this whole thing, you know. And she's like. Where did you hear that? I'm like, from the Jesus Christ record. She's like, the Jesus Christ record? Yeah, Jesus Christ Superstar. And she's like, oh, 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 because my mom listened to it all the time. Yeah. And it would sometimes be around Easter and pop up on TV, whatever. And it was uh, Ted Neely. Ted Neely was a, was played Jesus in that amazing singer, incredible yeah. play. So, oh my God, a freak show stuff. <clears throat> and so that's how I got into that. So, so that was the type of things, that, those were the type of things I was into. When my uncle would, would uh, my aunts and my uncles were all older than me, they'd be at school. I'd sneak into the, I'd, I remember sneaking into my uncle's room mm. and he had vinyls, you know, had the records leading up against the wall. And I'd go through them and I'm looking at them and, you know, I remember seeing Fleetwood You know, Mac. young kids usually find something else in uncle's rooms, huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? Playboys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was all in there. It was all in the matchbox cars and all that stuff, different stories. <laughs> all that cool stuff. But, um, so, and I remember, I found this, it was a black album, and it had five sapphires on it, five blue diamonds. Mm. And I couldn't read what the name was, because the, the words, the, the, the script was just very odd how it was. And I remember I slid open the sleeve. On the inside of your vinyls, you had a sleeve that the record actually sat in. Yes. Pulled the sleeve, and I was horrified. There were these five dudes, it was a, it was a painting, it was a caricature. And they had huge heads and skinny arms and skinny bodies and huge hands. And they looked like trolls. I don't think I know this album. Aerosmith Rocks. 
Ah. The Aerosmith Rocks album. The Aerosmith Rocks oh. album. I should have gotten that from the Five Jewels. The Five Jewels on the front. Fuck. Rocks. Rocks. Aerosmith Rocks. And yes, it does. Came Dude, out in 76. That's the one that fucking just. Is a slash. That's the, I'm talking was, about you. I'm not talking about Oh, oh yeah. That was, okay. I'm talking to you, Bucky. Okay, here's the thing. That one, but I didn't know what it was at the time. But yeah. I, but ser- seriously, inside sleeve, it's a, it's a, like Steven Tyler's just, and Joe Perry's just got a huge head and huge arms and skinny bodies. It was, yeah. it was freaky looking. It actually yeah. scared me. I was like yeah. seven years old or something. I saw it. And so this stuff was always all around though. I remember hearing, it. I remember in 19. 19- did you put it on? No, I did not. I knew, I knew better than to mess with that. I knew better than to mess with that because it was my uncle's. Right. Now, it's not to say I didn't fuck with my sister's stereo. <laughs> it's not to say that didn't happen. But I remember the first album I stole, I didn't really steal it. I just borrowed it for like a long time. My sister's album, uh, Kiss Destroyer. And I remember she brought home Kiss Destroyer. And of course, you know, you know the, what the album looks like. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God. So I take this thing and I run down to my buddy Bubby's house. I'm like, Bubby, look what I got. He's like, oh my God, man. We're like eight, nine years old. Not even. Look what I got, man. We run upstairs, and his mother's like, Bubby, time for dinner. She's like, he's like, Mom, we're listening to this record. Quiet. And there we are, man. We're just listening, listening to Detroit Rock City and all that cool stuff, you know. So it was very cool, that type of thing. And then uh, fast forward to uh, uh, now 1984. Now, keep in mind, I was listening to all this different stuff all this time, right? Anything that came out was cool. My father was a DJ. My father was a DJ. And I remember going to visit him at WSLU in Canton, New York. And um, he, when, while he was a DJ, he was doing the jazz show. But he would always help me find the rock albums. And I'd be in a production studio. They were like, again, eight, nine years old. I'm, I'm splicing the tape with the razor blade and doing all that crap and everything. And I'd get all the rock albums. And I would have Kiss, Aerosmith, Foreigner, um, uh, 38 Special, Rod Stewart, Billy Joel. You know, I'd have all that stuff. And so I was introduced to that but i was also inspired to you know get on top of it you know um when i was 11 i remember i was 11 the christmas time was coming by and my mom's like guess who's getting a guitar for christmas my son's gonna learn how to play guitar i was like oh, this should be cool we used to have a there's a i can't remember who did it but there was a record called a, a, a recording a guitar piece called classical gas as a matter of fact and it pops up every now and then as a matter of fact on the simpsons there's an episode of the simpsons where they're protesting the power plant they're all homering on them and protesting the power plant and Lisa Simpson's playing her guitar, and she's like, you know, uh, cut back the hour. They have the land. they have the the plant, but we have the power. And then one of the characters comes up and says, "Now do classical gas," and she's like, she's playing classical gas. My mom's like, "You can learn how to play that." Well, Christmas time rolls around, my sister gets a guitar. What the fuck? My mom builds it all up, and my sister ended up getting the guitar. I'm like, Jesus. But I still ended up playing it. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Does but don't she get me even wrong. play anymore? But don't, you know, don't get me wrong. I mean, that Christmas I had fun with my Barbie Corvette. I was happy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, man. She never never played it, never had an interest for it, but I did. So, And I remember once where I was messing around with it, and I broke the headstock off it. And I grabbed an old C-clamp and stuck it on there, and I'd just sit there with that big clamp on there and just mess around with it. So I was always into that. And then 1984 came, and that's when I saw my first rock concert. My older sister, Joanna, took me to go see Aerosmith. Go see Aerosmith. And that was in Weedsport, New York. Weedsport is between Rochester and Syracuse. Okay? And there is no... It's all general admission. So you just get in there and everybody's just fighting for their best... You know, for And I'm 14 years old. People are getting beat up in front of me. People are burning each other with cigarettes. And I'm just loving it. Yeah, this is great. 
And then Aerosmith comes out. The band that opened for him was a band called Orion the Hunter. And they're actually made up from bands from the band Boston. And they're from Boston as well. But, you know, you didn't, there was, I mean, MTV was out, but Aerosmith, I don't think, even had anything out yet. They didn't have anything out at that time. I was going to ask, how was, in 84, how was Aerosmith doing? There because was still, there they was, haven't done a, a walk, walk This Way yet. No, no, no. So well, they, they were did, no, still they, like. They, uh, did, they did do Run DMC's Walk This Way. Well, that's what I mean. Yes. But that was the time when they were kind of like in a decline. A little bit. Actually, they're getting back together. In, eight, in 79, yeah. Joe Perry left the band. Show in Cleveland. Joe Perry leaves the band. Um, and then. Uh, and Steve went to uh, rehab. For, for like one of the first, yeah, for it was actually at that rehab trip. Uh, believe it or not, he was in a bungalow next to Rick James. Rick James, and they got and they got stoned. Yeah, he got cocaine smuggled in, and mm-hmm. fucking Rick James fell off the wagon because Huge. of Steven Tyler. <laughs> Steven Tyler's like, yo, man, again, just that's inc- such incredible stuff. I love that stuff. Yeah, 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 I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I feel, I feel sad for that condition, but that's just what it was, and that's so cool to hear. And so, um, yeah, and so uh, then like a, a year or so later, Brad Whitford leaves. They get two other guitar players in there, uh, Rick DeFay and Jimmy Crespo. And in 82, they release Rock in a Hard Place. The only real song that was off that was a song called uh, When the Lightning Strikes, which is a really good song. Actually, that whole, that whole album is actually pretty good. If you like the funky blues and stuff, that's actually a pretty good album. <clears throat> but, but then uh, what happened is they get back together in 84 they didn't have an album out. They didn't have a product out. Nothing. They just went on tour. And it was called the Back in the Saddle Tour, and that's the one I saw. After that tour was done, they got they got in the studio. They released an album called Done with Mirrors, and I actually have, I still have the original cassette that I bought back in '85 from that. And the whole album is written backwards. All the lyrics and everything on the album and the cassette it's all written backwards. It's done with mirrors. So if you look in the mirror, you can read it. So. <laughs> but it was like, yeah, yeah. It was like, but it was done with mirrors because the mirrors with the with the cocaine and shit. They had just all these little, you know, meanings to it. But there it was. Um, they had one. They you had don't a, know anything about cocaine. <laughs> don't cocaine. know anything. I do. I well, not. I, I, <laughs> no, I don't. I do. He said. I don't. I don't know nothing about it. But even then, Scarface was not some mirrors. Movie. Did they even have a hit on that? Yes, one? they did. They had a hit on there called um, "Let the Music Do the Talking." Which is actually an, a song from Joe Perry that Joe Perry had in the Joe Perry Project. When he left Aerosmith, he started the Joe Perry Project. Right. And Let the Music Do the Talking was one of his songs. That was actually, I have a Joe Perry pro, uh, Project uh, cassette and Let the Music Do the Talking. I think that's what it's called, actually. And that song is on there. When Aerosmith did it and re-recorded it, it's a little different. But it's still, that's a song that came off there. And that's the first Aerosmith video from MTV is Let the Music Do the Talking. And it's on there. It's about the and it's kind of interesting because the video is about these kids that sneak into an Aerosmith concert with a video camera, <clears throat> and they're videotaping, bootlegging the concert. But yeah, um, but they weren't really back on top until what was it? Get a grip. Eighty-seven. Eighty-seven. After was 87. It get a grip or was it pump? Uh, get a uh, pump. No, no, no. It was wasn't get a grip. grip get a grip was actually in the, in the nineties. So eighty-seven. They, pump. No, it, pump was a big one, but eighty-seven they released uh, permanent vacation. That had ragdoll. That's it. Yes, yes, you know, yes. Thank that you. Thank the, you. Yep. That's what you know. What I'm talking about. Yes, of yeah. course. So that's what I was thinking. My bad. Pump was after permanent vacation. Yeah, pump was '89. Permanent vacation was '87. Now this My is bad. cool. This is pretty badass for me. It is, anyways. Um, of course, now in 1985 or no '86, they release "Walk This Way" with Run DMC. Yeah. Uh, Rick Rubin was yep. the mastermind behind that. Yep. And for like a long time, I guess... I guess uh, For our listeners who aren't familiar with Rick Rubin, give a quick 
Like, you know, who the fuck, what kind of wizard he is. He is, he's a producer. He's a producer. Um, and he was one of these guys. He actually, Rick Rubin was one of the Beastie guys, Boys. Yeah, Beastie Boys. He was one of the ones who actually recognized hip hop first and really paid a lot of attention to it and kind of helped a lot of these hip hop artists get going. And he's also the one who saw the relation between hip hop and rock because he mm-hmm. actually put together the very first hip hop rock song ever. And that was Aerosmith's Walk This Way. Uh, Run DMC was doing it. Run DMC had already been doing it for years. They actually thought the name of the band was called Toys in the Attic. Right. They, th- they didn't know. They never even knew what Aerosmith was. They thought the name of the band was Toys in the Attic, which is the album that it came from that Aerosmith did in 75. And so they're, they've been kind of skitting, scatting all over that anyway. They're going to do it. Mm-hmm. Rick Rubin gets the idea, well, hey, man, let me give these guys a call. So he calls Steven Tyler and Joe Perry, lets them know what to do, and watch guys come on down. And they're on the album. And next thing you know, that thing just blew up. It was it was the number one. And I believe to this day. By the way, there was a time when MTV actually played music. Yes. Oh, let, let some of your listeners know that. It was just all music is what it was, man. Headbangers ball, still priceless. And uh, I believe to this day, it is still one of the like top five most requ- You can actually request the videos. You can phone in or whatever, how you did it. But it was like with the one. It still is, I believe, one of the top five mo- top five most requested videos in MTV history, and of course that just now Aerosmith is like they got like a new charge now out of it, and so they put together Permanent Vacation, which had Ragdoll, Do Looks Like a Lady, Angel, uh, things like that. That was in '87. In 1988, I go to see Aerosmith. I see Aerosmith. Uh, they came to. I've seen Aerosmith like twenty times altogether so far. Maybe around there. Maybe a little more. But uh, I went to go see the one with uh, Aerosmith and uh, um, Guns N' Roses. Guns N' Roses releases Appetite. Uh, they got so Appetite's out. Aerosmith is still touring on permanent vacation. Uh, Pump wasn't out yet. They're still touring on permanent vacation. So in '88, uh, they're both on the same record label, Geffen Records. So yeah. Geffen's like, put, let's put this together for the summer to see how it turns out. And that's interesting because, um, and uh, and I have no qualms about it whatsoever. I think it's totally cool. Some people will be like, "Oh man," but I thought you were a fan of Aerosmith. I am huge. But what it was was there as the as the tour went on, more and more people were showing up to see Guns N' Roses than Aerosmith. But I remember when we saw them, Guns N' Roses came out. We're, this is at Weedsport. This is at Weedsport again. Four years later from our first song, this is at Weedsport again. And, dude, it was hot. It was just July, and it's a racetrack. They came out with fire hoses. They're hosing us all down and everything. I swear, oh, yeah, man, the whole nine yards. Uh, Guns N' Roses come out, and it was pretty. they're pretty cool. They're pretty cool, man. They're they're just wild and nuts. It was great. And to this day, man, my buddy Tim Healy, I took him with me. And Tim Healy listened to Madonna on YouTube, and I take him to go see Aerosmith and Guns N' Roses. So it kind of, you know, jolted his little ass a little bit, but that's cool. But no, man, we're sitting there. People are throwing shit, of course, and just everybody's going crazy. And Slash, he points right at us, man, because we're all like maybe, I think we're like maybe 35 feet from the stage. We're right there, yeah. And he's pointing right at us, and Slash is like, I'm going to kick your fucking ass. And <laughs> you talking to him? You talking, talking to who are you talking to? And I'm going to kick your fucking ass. And my buddy Tim's like, Okay, that's that's cute. I was like, dude, stay keep up. He's like, who's the guy with the tattoos all over his dick to come down here to kick my ass? I'm like, Tim, just play along, man. This is all part of the show. And it was nuts. It was wild. It was great. And then Aerosmith came on. By this time, it's getting dark now, and they just came out and they just kicked ass all over the fucking stage. Again, Guns and Roses were still, you know, 
they they'd already been out for a little while because they'd actually been out. They they'd already been over to like I think they'd already been over to London and stuff at this time and everything. But now they're this is like their one of their biggest tours. And after a while, coming near to the end of the summer, there are actually more people showing up to see Guns N' Roses uh, than Aerosmith fans. But that kind of show, incredible. It was amazing. It was just crazy and nuts and wild. And it was fantastic. And then that's when I was really getting into guitar. And I remember going into uh, Dot Guitar in Watertown. And you'd walk in, and there everybody had on a leather jacket. Some people had on the hats, all this shit. But every guitar, everybody's there with their, with their BC riches, and they're grabbing the... At that time, you know, two or three thousand dollars less Paul's off the wall and sitting there and and everybody I'm walking by, every guitar case man had appetite for destruction in their case. They had appetite for destruction. I was like, that's pretty that's pretty badass. That's pretty badass for me. And then uh, and of course I got you know, I started getting the guitar heavy and uh I'm I'm lucky enough to have a a, a couple less Pauls now with me and uh um but guitar equipment and everything, all that cool shit, it's you know, it's a, it's just one of these things that you kind of, when you get into it at a young age, it's a, you just collect it. You, you know, I mean, I, I'm lucky because I play all my shit. All my shit I play. But, you know, it's really cool. I love it. always love it, man. I, and I'm lucky to have some really cool gear. And I'm actually, uh, I think at the end of this month or middle of next month, I'll actually be picking up on a little Les Paul. I'm getting a, uh, a Les Paul special. And it's, uh, mm. it's got the P90s in it. And the P90s are an amazing pickup. I don't know whoever knows about pickups or whatever. You have like your... They're single coil. Single coils. They're yeah. a single coil. But here's the thing. They're a single coil. Then you have your humbuck. And the P90 actually sits in between those. This P90 is like a beefed up single coil. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing. It's incredible. So I love playing. I love music. I love playing out. I love playing live. I love playing acoustic. And yeah, it's pretty kick-ass stuff, man. It's very, very cool. Very, very cool, man. Very, very lucky. And uh, yeah, I wouldn't have it any other way. So, yeah, if you like that Run DMC, Aerosmith, Beastie Boys, if you like 90s Red Hot Chili Peppers, if you like 90s Johnny Cash, that's Rick Rubin. Thank you, Bucky. You're welcome. And after, <laughs> and after that's, oh, yeah, that's Rick Rubin. Yeah, there you go, right there. Holy and fuck. Then, I said give a quick rundown for our <laughs> listeners who the fuck Rick Rubin is. Dude, you knew this about me before you called me in. Let me reel you back in there. Because <laughs> I, I was going to say, uh, because after that, after that uh, Aerosmith run DMC uh, yeah. gig right there, then you had bands like Anthrax that were getting together with like hip-hop bands and shit like that, and they were doing stuff yeah, with them, too. Yeah, that sucked, though. Oh, okay, well, <laughs> I'm just saying. It kind of turned into that. Then from there, yeah, who do you get? Yeah, together with Public Enemy. Yeah, and then from there, but then from there, what do you get? You get stuff like, um, uh, let's say, uh, Faith No More. Faith No More is kind of like that. They have that hip-hop kind of rocking hip-hop metal thing going, Faith No More, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. Um, all those types of bands, all that type of stuff. Limp Biscuit. Limp Biscuits like that. I'm going to stop you right there. Yeah, man. Okay. <laughs> but they just got Do that you whole prefer thing. Faith No More or Red Hot Chili Peppers? I have the peppers. Really? Yeah. I, don't get me wrong. I love Epic, but Epic is all they got. No. Okay, hold on. Chili Peppers. I like the Chili Peppers. <laughs> I, don't get me wrong. I love Faith No More. I think they're great, but all I ever knew out of them was, was Epic. That's it. I don't think I followed up on that. I mean, it's cool. The... The, the lead singer looks like Johnny Depp. They have a goldfish flipping at the end of the video with some piano tunes. That's awesome. Uh, but the Chili Peppers. You think I, Mike Patton looks like Johnny Depp? Look at that video. You look at that video, Epic. Uh, epic? You look at Epic. You look at Epic, and he looks like a young Johnny Depp. I don't see Depp. it. I don't see it. He, uh, he's on the left. 
No. <laughs> no, I, I love Mike well, Patton. A, you want it all, but but you look at him. To me, he looks he looks like Johnny Depp. He looks like Johnny Depp with just like crazy ass uncombed hair, and you know, mm. you look at. I, that. I like Mike Patton. Yeah, I am a fan of the Chili Peppers too. Yeah. But, you know, I do love Mike Patton. Oh, sure, absolutely. And they weren't getting along for a while there, so, mm-hmm. you know. And that's a, and it, just, it kind of sucks as listeners and as fans because, like, God damn it. But you got to remember, a band is like any other relationship. It just is. And so you can sit there as fans and listeners. How come they're not getting along? You know, I mean, Christ, I mean, <laughs> Guns N' Roses were done by what, 94? 95? They're already uh, done? They actually split up. Uh, was 96, it? I think. It was when uh, they fucking recorded the... Usually. They did a song for uh, the interview with the vampire. Okay. They did their rendition of uh, Sympathy for the Devil. Okay, cool. And that's when they split up. So. Yeah, so... So I would say 94, 95. Some of that, but I mean, they were just an incredible band, but you, you can oh, see... Oh, absolutely. The, you can see the uh, volatile states that were happening there. You know, it's just... Man, you get certain mixtures. It's just not going to hold out. And, of course, all the bullshit. What's going on with your band? Dude, we haven't done dick, man. Much like Melissa Etheridge, we don't do dick. Um, Yeah. By the way, she was in town the other day. Yay. Malone, that's cool. That's cool. Um, To be directly honest, I've talked with Corey White, and he and I might want to put some stuff together. Uh, Corey Jacobs and uh, uh, Corey Jacobs and Dwayne, they actually play with, they play with Glenn. Three fifths, yeah. Yeah, that's yes, yeah, those guys, and and that's cool because it's just kind of like you know everybody kind of knows everybody and everybody just does musical projects and goes around and that's totally that's totally yeah, cool. Yeah, they're all just the same guys with different names. Yeah, and that's know. great. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, it's all right. I like that. I like that. There's that camaraderie there. Um, but <clears> I'm actually you know because I, I let Corey know. I said, well, if you, if, um, you know, okay, you ever want to do Bucky. something, they don't want me either. It's okay. You okay. They never invite me or. They never think, you know, hey, he's an all right singer. So, it's okay. We're the island of misfit toys, Bucky. So, <laughs> what I had going on was... Uh, <laughs> Herbert doesn't want to make toys. Oh, it's Santa. Oh, Charlie. Nobody wants a Charlie in the box. <laughs> <laughs> My name is all wrong. Um, so, uh, actually, so what I said, I'm like, well, I'm just going to probably, you know, I'll, I'll be happy to work with Corey whenever he's ready and do some things. And uh, But, you know, I'm looking at putting something together uh, just to do it myself and because and, I love writing. I love playing. And um, I even have a name for the band. Was one of two names. I was going to go with Buxter. B-U-X-T-O-R. But I thought, no. So I want to put again a band together and just a good solid rock band and like you know it's I like all everyone that that plays all you know that plays really cool covers and stuff that's awesome I love it I just love writing I love writing and just putting you know original things in there and that's cool and a lot of them are doing great like I like how uh, uh, Lone Wolf and the Spaghetti Corner Band those guys they actually put some they actually do covers but they have a you know a unique way on putting them down which a lot of bands do but I think they're doing really well that's cool yeah but I want to put together a band called Track Rabbit <clears throat> Track Rabbit I guess I should explain I got the the idea actually came from a uh, from a story called uh, Reliquary you remember the movie The Relic no 
Okay, thanks. Thanks for playing along. That was great. Um, but it was really cool. I remember it, hearing about it. I haven't seen it. Yeah, it's a good. Essentially, good. there's a monster in a museum. Yes, yes. I okay, there's a whole thing behind it. But Reliquary is a sequel to that. Yeah. Okay, Reliquary or Reliquary, however you want to pronounce it. And it's a sequel to that. And it talks about the the, the the New York City underground, the underground world of the New York City. And I mean, that's pretty creepy, man. That's pretty, some pretty wild stuff. Well, I guess amongst the homeless, um, rats, if you're going to eat rat, they call it track rabbit. Mm. You know, hey, man, let's cook up some track rabbit. That's where actually rats in this, down, in the, <clears throat> down in the subways and the sewers, they'll eat those and they'll call them track rabbit. So. I think you can do better. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you want to be known as Rat Steak, Bucky? Come on. This, it's, because uh, I just think it's just kind of cool. It's just a little different. I like it. I like it. It's uh, Another one was Alexis Machine from us. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I've been hearing this name for fucking years. I'm happy. <laughs> what is this track rabbit shit? Come yeah. on, Bucky. You might have to do Alexis Machine. Get now. your goddamn balls back. Come on. Yeah, I'm sorry. Act like you pump out semen. I'm missing, I'm missing my balls. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I got no, it. man, I definitely I want to see you playing again, man. I, I do too. Actually, it was just—it was really neat. I was in a thousand islands. I went down there. Uh, I was down there recently, and I took my guitar with me to go see a friend of mine, and uh, they have a restaurant. And uh, uh. and I went down there, and it was <clears> great. Uh, um, I had a really good time. And uh, 18, 1840, 1886, I think is it 1886, 1846, 1864. I think it's a, Jesus the, Christ! The, the year is the 1800s. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, but yeah, man. But um, I went there because my daughter works there, and my grandson he also works there. But um, a friend, I saw a guy I haven't seen for like thirty years. He's there playing a guy named yeah. Gary Van Brocklin. I'm like Gary. And he's there playing his acoustic guitar. And he's like, hey man, you want to do a couple songs? I said, Hell yeah! So I got there and laid out a few songs, and it was cool. It was just really really cool, man. I love just doing that stuff, but. Yeah, I just want to get back into the full band thing and, yeah, man, together make it better. I love that type of stuff. I just totally, totally do, man. Dude, Johnny B. Johnny B. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh about this, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know he got fucked up. He certainly did. <laughs> he did. Yeah. But, like, when I saw the pictures, before I even read any of the things that was going on, because he's he's messed up, big swollen, yes, big is. gash on his yes, head he and everything. Yeah. My first thought was, okay, he got in a car accident. He got jumped. He caught in front of a guy who was bigger than he is at a buffet. You know, something, something. He got fucked up. And I remember asking him what happened. He go, and you're like, uh, oh, uh, <laughs> he coughed and smacked his head. What happened? Yeah, you want yeah, to fill yeah. me in with this? Can we talk about this? The thing is, is that um, like, yeah, what? it is kind, of, it is kind of funny. But <laughs> the thing is, we love um, you, John. By the way, we we do love you, John. We're not making fun of you. We're making yeah, fun. Do, do with the you. heart thing. Do the heart thing. Oh, um, there you go. There you go. Mm-hmm. Is this? Is this no, good? you look like you're doing fucking spirit fingers. Oh, okay. Uh, oh. There you go. We love you. <laughs> but no, the thing about John and. Uh, it is kind of like I, I laugh because it's it's scary. I don't find it that funny, and I'll, I'll explain why. And I understand people, you know, we're Mohawk, you know, we like to use humor, and we're crude, and, uh, you know, this is what we do. But the thing is, I recognize the signs, and I'm worried about Johnny B because he is apparently sick. 
Mm-hmm. And he had a coffin fit so hard that he passed out and fell. Oh, is that what it was? Now, the reason why I don't find it that funny is because uh, even though we like to tease him about uh, his trip up a mountain mm-hmm. where he was having like heart palpitations or something, and he had to turn around and come back, and he actually was almost con- like considering going to the hospital at that point. But because he passed out from coughing, it reminds me of uh, shit that used to happen to my dad. Mm. And for those of you that know me, and uh, I've spoken about my dad before, he died of a heart attack. Mm-hmm. And that's a you know that's a definite sign of like a heart complication or like high blood pressure and shit. Okay, I'll give him the heart now. <laughs> there you go. There's the heart. Mm. <laughs> Thank you for liking the like food. I'm licking the. I'm licking the. Right there. But yeah, so no, I wasn't like I wasn't making fun of the of the condition. I'm more just laughing at like because he looks so fucked up. It's like, hey, you fucked up your face. I, I look like well, somebody beat his ass. And yeah. My first. And here was, I am, like, like it's kind of sad. You're like Jesus. Well, can't we just pick on him? Yeah. yeah. It's like, well, what's going on, man? Like, oh, he had a coughing fit and passed out. I was yeah. like, oh, now he's okay, got yeah, vaginal yeah. forehead. Wow. This big giant gash. <laughs> dude we gotta tattoo some hair on that fucker <laughs> we just do we just do man That's so great. keep an eye out for bucky and Corey and myself we're gonna be uploading a video of our uh cover of uh say hello to heaven by temple of yes. the dog so yeah i do that with you absolutely of course i will <laughs> dude remember that time uh we What's uh that? we did redemption song mm-hmm. yeah we did it for a, a At, friend's uh, wedding yes yeah, sarah and Adua. yeah and i had like these Big ass freaky like blackout uh, contact lenses. Yeah, man. Yeah, I remember that. I remember fun. that. We uh, it was a wedding. You call. You actually got a hold of me. Like, hey, man. I got a hold of you that day. Yeah. I was like, please. You're like, okay. Can, can you figure for this out? For an hour. <laughs> you got me can, for an hour. Can you figure this out? I'm like, okay. And, and the best part was, I never, I've never played that song. Yeah. And you're like. Okay, do this. Do, 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 do. I'm like, what the, <laughs> what the hell is that you doing? Yeah, you yeah. fucking deranged Oompa Loompa. What are you trying to do to me here? Whoa. <laughs> so, we found and we did, yeah, we did Redemption Song, man. Little Bob Marley. That was cool, man. That was cool. That was yeah. neat. I just sat in the back and let you do your thing. And it was very, dude, that, this is just regular water. Yeah. And that's the thing about, that's awesome about these uh, liquid deaths. And I hope that they sponsor us someday. Is that the guy, the people that started this brand, Liquid Death, they actually got inspired by Monster Energy Drink. Oh, they, I, sorry, they but, were sponsoring the Vans Warped Tour, but they noticed that all the artists were drinking Monster Cans up there. Mm-hmm. But if they looked at the fine print on the Monster Can, yeah. it actually said Tour Water. So they weren't up there pounding energy drinks. Monster gave them fucking Tour Water just as long as they were drinking and, out, out of the, the fucking label. Yeah. Because okay, I see liquid death and it's water. I'm like, <laughs> down the same region. I know. It, Bottle it, this on the same it region. It either thing. looks like uh, alcohol or something mm-hmm. intimidating. And that's the point. Their slogan literally is relax. It's just water. That's kick ass. I love it. That's cool. Awesome. Okay. And, and, then, and that's all that's in here, right? Yeah. So when are you going to get a tattoo, Buck? Dude. Probably never. Are you one of those assholes like, you wouldn't graffiti the Mona Lisa? Like, fuck off. Oh, good guy. No, I'd put a mustache on that fucker right away. <laughs> I know. I told you it was a man. Nah, man. I go for like real scars. I go for my real scars. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Was that from a shack? Is that what you got the okay. tooth? Okay. <laughs> dude, that's the story I tell, man. You're like, give me the fucking dude. That's the story I tell that I have to tell him the truth afterwards. But no, I don't know. I've never really, I've never really thought about it, to be honest. And it's, you know, my wife, she actually, I remember from one of my birthdays, she actually made it herself a really nice 
design of a tattoo. And it's a shark tattoo, but it's like in a tribal print, but in a shark shape. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, oh, that's cool. You know what you should do? You should uh, get like uh, Victoria Ransom or somebody, uh, or Honey David, and they'll get like a, a shark, like Nanawe, like King Shark from uh, Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. And he has like an Arcane Belief shirt on. That'd be cool. <laughs> That'd be cool. Or the AB, the insignia. Mm-hmm. I like that, man. I like it. By the way, I'll give another shout out to Curdy because Curdy did that. Uh, Curdy Mitchell actually did that logo for us. And he's actually, when I get that guitar, he's actually going to do a, a word burn on it for me. It's going to be cool. It's going to be very, very cool. Well, let's, let's, uh, Curdy, I love you and I hope you're in a better place. Reach out to me, brother. Damn right, man. Damn right. So uh, now there's, that's, that's what's going on right there. That's kind of cool stuff. Uh, what's going on with you, man? That's so cool. I see like uh, I see your picture like superimposed over yuck yuck pictures. That's awesome. I like that. <laughs> Crop it over that. Yeah, one. you're right. I'm faking. I'm faking it, man. <laughs> How's that going, dude? Oh, going great. I'm going back the 23rd. Up in Ottawa, yuck yucks. Yeah, and then the day after that, I'm literally getting on a fucking plane and going to Florida. Really? Yeah, I get to heal my inner child and finally go to uh, Disney World. Are you by yourself or are you taking the no, family? No, I'm bringing the family. Oh, okay, it's very go. expensive. Yes, it is. But there's a whole story about that, and I'd love to share it with you, Bucky. That's okay. But the thing is, I want to like make it a thing. Sure. Like I want to like maybe a TikTok I did. I did Disney in '87, dude. Epcot Center was the new was the latest thing. I did Disney in '87, man. My family went down. Fucking '87. Epcot Center, dude. It was so cool. Because they had Epcot Center, they had the <laughs> fucking Magic Kingdom, and they had, uh, like, Land of the Seas and some shit. And we had our own Disney card. We had our fucking gold card, Disney card, dude. It was, dude, it was fucking... And I think at that time, it was like five or $6,000 for, for the for the family of four. Well, no, family of yeah, six. Oh. Am I doing it again? No. I'm doing it again. You're hurting me. You're hurting the inner baby in me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Bad baby, bad baby. <laughs> <laughs> no, it really is like a whole thing, and it's it's definitely cool gonna you, be, dude. It's it's definitely gonna be like a healing journey. You're not like you're not working down there or anything, are you? Right? <laughs> no, fucking over there in Cinderella's pay- yeah, palace I'm, or something. I'm like your friend. What's, what's with, <laughs> I'm like your friend there you selling hot dogs. Yeah, you're over here. What's with these fucking dwarfs, huh? <laughs> <laughs> what do you got? Sleazy. I don't drink got, no more. Bunkie. You got you got cracky in there. Fucking dwarves, man! Just amazing. You know, you know what the dwarves said after, uh, after, uh, after uh, Snow White woke up. You know what they said, don't you? Oh, back to jerking off again. <laughs> it was when she fell asleep. <laughs> you silly. No, it's when she woke up because we were banging her while she was sleeping. Oh no! So, uh, so she woke up. I was uh, like, back uh, to Bucky. Did I? <laughs> no. Okay. Oh, Bucky, you're fucking terrible. Oh, I didn't know you were that kind of buck from Kill Bill. Oh, yeah. dude, I didn't know. My that. name is Buck, and I like to fuck. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, yeah. man. But yeah, dude, it was. Uh, All right, one more quick question, it. and yeah, then yeah, we're, what's gonna, up right, man? we're gonna wrap it up here. You because, got it. Believe it or not, I do have to wrap it up sometimes. Zing. <laughs> okay. But twelve kids later, go ahead. <laughs> I'm actually fixed. I'm good. You want some? Right in your face. Wow. <laughs> but um, no, uh, you did mention. Yes, sir. At the beginning of the show. Yeah, man. You're finally down to only one job. Yeah. Now, uh, if you don't mind uh, sharing with us, because you were really lighting, you were burning a candle at both ends for years. Dude, I didn't even have a candle. It's just all wick. <laughs> it's all wick, dude. But like, how is your Buck spiritual wick. and how is your mental health and 
everything. How's that been now that you're just, you know, the, Dude, very, the whole very, world is just off your shoulders? Slow down a little bit. The very, very kick-ass cool. It really is, man. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not here saying life's too short and sometimes you just have to smell the roses and... But dude, man, fucking life's too short. Smell some fucking roses when you can, you know, because uh, before what? And actually, it's a it's a a year ago this month. Yeah. A year ago this month, I resigned from my primary job and I came out full time to CKON. Because before that, I was like, dude, I was at GNL service oh, during the daytime. Yep. During the daytime, CKON at night. Uh, then I was just at CKON for a little while. And you were doing the band. Yeah. yeah yes, sure. it was. Yeah. And then I was. Uh, then we had. Then I had the casino, CKON at night. Uh, then and I had, he was still doing the fucking doing band. Doing the fucking band, man, yeah. Then I had um, uh, Swamp's Performance Automotive, CKON at night. And that went on for like, what, 13 years, 15 years? And let me there. say it again. Yeah. Let me say it again. And he was doing the fucking band. Yeah, we're doing all this doing shit. Doing fucking shows. <laughs> so, when did he sleep? It was crazy. It was crazy. I even had a couple of movie roles in there sometimes, too. Jesus done that Christ, fucking! And uh, so... Uh, last year, I remember I was I was actually doing radio bingo. I wasn't calling it, but I was there, and I'm just yawning, and because like every few months it'd catch up to me. Because no bullshit for like just like ten to fifteen years, I was I was sixty five to seventy five hours a week, and you remember that because I'd come and see you over at Bears. You would just come and just see me, and you like, would stay until like, like five. Yeah, it's like two o'clock in the morning. Like what do you? Know? I'm just getting out of work. What? You're just getting out. What you, getting out of one of the jobs. That's all. And the crazy like thing is, he was still this crazy guy. He was still this guy from two to five. Yeah. Yeah, he was just like, hey, man, what's going on? Yeah, I don't know. Mile a minute. Yeah. And everyone's talking about, yeah, yeah, you know, telling the story. I'm just like, <laughs> I wish I, will, I had that energy. I wish, and I will say this, well, you were always a gracious audience in your own because you would just sit there and listen to me. I love talk it. about I talk about these different things that I do and these different places I've been and whatever the fuck it is and it was cool. So I love that's that. how I guess I yeah. think that's how I got to know you. I remember you called me at the radio station at one time because I played cumbersome, which you'd never heard here before. Yeah, then you played a live. Yeah. And I'm like, did, what did, the did, fuck is this? I'm CKON. Then I did some Brother Kane and shit, and you're like, oh my god, man. So, oh, wait, yeah. shit, fuck, 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 fuck. Can we talk about that real fucking quick? Yeah. Well, because you actually know Brother Kane. Yeah, 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 and we never ever get to talk to you about that. Yeah, tell yeah. me about tell me about. For those of you who don't know, Brother Kane, they were an amazing band, and I fucking love their song. Um, and full shine on. And full shine on, fucking amazing. Yeah. And the funny thing is, I got to know Brother Kane from this book. I got a guitar book, all guitar tabs, and it was just like grunge, whatever the fuck. Like it literally said grunge. Yeah, went, yeah, yeah, yeah. And one of the songs was Brother Kane and full mm-hmm. shine on. Yeah. And cumbersome and shit like that. Sure. And that's came how out, I knew they, all they, the... came out, they came out around the same time. They came out like in 93. Yeah, but they would make like these books, like compilation books. It was like yep. these uh, certain artists from the 90s, like that. Uh, guitar tabs. Sure, yeah. And the fact that I was hearing this song that I was learning and then just found out about on CQN, it was like serendipitous. I'm like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. And then you said, yeah, I know those guys. And I'm like, fuck talking. you! Yeah. What? You know? We, how that all happened was... Uh, Okay, this was a ni- this was 94. 93 ni- ni- this was ni- uh, 94. This was 94. It's okay. Yeah. Just just say the 90s. 1994. Uh, <laughs> early 90s. Um, yeah, 1860s. Errol yeah. <laughs> Smith was coming to the uh, War Memorial. God damn. War right. Memorial in uh, Syracuse. <laughs> I already had my so I, I zipped on down. I already got my ticket. I bought it over at uh, Music for You in Watertown. Wait, so Aerosmith in 93. 
Yeah, so, are fucking big. Yeah, yeah. That, <gasps> that, they're big all through the seventies. They're big through the end of the eighties, and then now ninety three worked. Yeah, so that, that was is, like ridiculous. That's now. Now you're getting into get a grip. Ninety three was get a grip. Yeah, because they had like fucking crazy. Yeah, crazy. all that stuff. They had yeah. all these three, three or four okay. songs that sounded like, but there was all right the fuck up, man. Huge, yeah. yeah. So, anyways, um, so they're they're coming to the War Memorial, so I go get my tickets. Um, I'm away driving back from Watertown back up to Alex Bay. Uh, right there on 81 I'm listening to the local rock radio station out of Watertown Watertown and Kingston had them I'd listen to them both and uh, and they're saying of course uh, you know Aerosmith coming to town they're gonna be in uh, Syracuse it was like in August or some shit and I'm like yeah man and uh, opening up for them is a really really cool band Steven Tyler always promotes this band whenever they're out opening up for a cool band uh, Brother Kane will be opening up for Aerosmith and here's a little something from Brother Kane and, and they, they played Got No Shame I spun the car around right there, raced back down to music for you, bought Brother Kane's cassette. Now, here's the thing. This is like late, this is like late summer when I got these. They actually weren't coming into town until like uh, that that winter. What happened was they got snowed out. They're coming up from Binghamton. They got snowed out. So they had to postpone the show. And okay, this is this is the this was the remake show. They had to postpone it. Uh, coming back to Syracuse, which was like maybe three or four months later. So I here I so I bought the Brother King cassette. I loved it. It was great. Fell in love with the band. The great guitar player, great singer, and all this good stuff, man. And then by the time Aerosmith came back, they no longer had Brother King. They actually had Jekyll with them. Remember, you know, uh, um, the lumberjack, the lumberjack song. That's that's Jekyll. Yeah. Uh, that right there, and down on me. And these guys are these guys are really cool. Southern, kind of like a southern rock band, but like a hard southern rock band. Great. As a matter of fact, the bass player for Brother Kane, Roman Glick, now plays with Jekyll. He's played with them for like twenty years plus. <laughs> so, anyways, so I see Aerosmith, and I see I see Jekyll and Aerosmith. That's that cool. Now, in 1995, 95, they released their Seeds album, and that's End Fool, Shine On, and they have a lot of great songs on there. And as a matter of fact. Halloween Six, The Curse of Michael Myers. The soundtrack for that is how is a seeds, is a Brother Kane's seeds album. It really is. There's and like at the end of the credits, they're playing "End Full of Shine On" when the credits go for that. That's Michael. That's Curse of Michael Myers. I think Halloween Six. So it's pretty cool that they're part of that franchise. That was pretty neat. Uh, I well, think it was seven. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, these ones. But, um, 93, 94. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but so in 95, they released Seeds. And then they came, they, they come to Ottawa. They come to Ottawa, and I hear about it I hear about it from the Ottawa Rock Station. There used to be a rock station called 106.9 The Bear. The Bear. Which was up in Ottawa. Yeah. And so the they're playing bear. it, and uh, they're coming to town. And the girl I was seeing at that time, another friend of mine, Amy, I was like, hey, man, we're going to go see Brother Kane. We're going to go up to Ottawa. And we did. We went up to Ottawa and saw them over at Barrymore's on Gilmore Street. Saw them on Barrymore's. And it was pretty cool. They had a band that opened it for them called the Big Me. I think they're called the Big Meanies. And, man, it was just so cool. And, of course, and I'm always like, I'm going to meet the band. Well, they get done with their show. And sure enough, they come out. They come out, And I'm there and I'm talking with them. And, you know, this is great. It's kick-ass. But I let them go and see the other fans. Well, the drummer is Chuck Dow Cherokee. And he likes hanging out with natives whenever he gets a chance. So his name's Scott Collier. And he went and you know, he came, said hello and everything. And then I, I was like, hey, man, go do what you got to do. And uh, I actually took him up to where the girl I was seeing at the time. And uh, my friend Amy, they're up on, uh, if you've ever been to Barrymore's, there's tiers in back of you. And there's a bar on each tier. You have the dance floor and they have these tiers. They're on one of the tiers. And I took Scott up there. And they go, hey, guys, look, check it out. It's Scott Collier. They're like, oh, hello. I go, 
he's a drummer for Brother Kane. Like, okay, Buck, all right, you're cute. You know, you're cute. And he's like, I really am. Like, oh, okay, great. And they're like totally cool. But me, I was like, you know, Daffy Duck on crack, fan, you know, fanboy. And, but we took Scott out. We went and got food, hung out and everything. And he invited us to go see Brother Kane the next night over at um, Baker's. No, is it Baker Street? Bourbon Street. Bourbon Street uh, Bourbon Street West in Montreal the next night. And so uh, we drove out there to go see him. I even brought my Kramer guitar, which I still have. They all signed it. But it was so cool because we go to see him. And we get backstage. And uh, they're going, hey, man, like Damon Johnson. He's the lead singer, lead guitar player. He goes, you're Buck and Tracy. And I go, yeah, but you're Damon Johnson. He goes, yeah, but you're Buck and Tracy. Scott told us all about you guys. Come on in. Just very cool. You know, it was just a really cool thing. And so I always got to be friends with them. And then I would run into Damon. Like, they broke up, like, in 99, 2000. Yes, in 2000 it was, because in 98 they released Wishpool. They only have three albums out, Brother Kane, Seeds, and Wishpool. Wishpool has songs like I Lie in the Bed I Make. They had a, they had a hit song on, off each one of their albums. Right. And... Um, and I was down in Connecticut, living in Connecticut at the time. And uh, down there they had, uh, I, I was good friends with the Asylum, uh, WCCC out of Hartford, which is where one of Howard Stern's radio stations he started out at, WCCC in Hartford. WCCC. And, yes, yeah. Yeah. In Hartford, and it was, it's right there, and it was on Asylum Street. And I'd go, I'd stop there all the time and, and, and hang out with the guys there. And um, how I first got in there to meet them was I went to go see Brother Kane. They're playing this club, Club Infinity. Up in Springfield, Mass. It was like maybe 30, 40 miles, about 30 miles away from Hartford. I was on my way back home. I live next to Hartford. I'm on my way back home after the show. And uh, there's a guy named uh, Craig the Pornstar. He is, he's a radio DJ out there. He was hmm. at that time. He was Craig the Pornstar. And he's like, uh, hey, man, uh, if anybody's out there cruising around, the McDonald's over here on Asylum Street, man, if somebody's stopping to get me like a double cheeseburger and some fries, I'll play anything you want. I took him up on the offer. I pulled in. I got the double cheeseburger. I got fries. I think I got him an ice cream and a soda and everything. Went to the radio station, hit the little air horn on the bottom. And, Hello. I said, hey, man, it's BC. He's like, BC? I said, dude, I got your burger and fries on here. He's like, no way. He came right down, let me in, took me upstairs, and um, I was friends with them after that. And I told him I was talking to him. He actually put me on the air. We are talking about the Brother Kane show I just came from. He's like, Brother Kane was here? I said, yeah, they're just up in Springfield, man. And then they came down later on for another concert. But I always would run into him here and there. And, of course, after Brother Kane broke up, Damon Johnson, he is an amazing guitar player, amazing songwriter. He's worked with, so he has a, 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 a musical, like, a, God, he has a musical resume that puts most musicians to shame. He really, right. he really is that involved. Who has he worked with? Oh, God, okay. After Brother Kane, he actually worked, there's actually an album. Uh, the the uh, Damn Yankees did an album yeah. that they never released. He was with them. He also played for John Waite. John Waite had a band. Uh, he played for John Waite. John Waite was also, he was a British singer. He was also a lead singer for a band called Bad English, which was made up of John Waite and some of the members from Journey. Hmm. Damon played with him. Uh, Damon also, he was with Alice Cooper for like seven, eight years as one of his guitar players. Nice. Uh, he was with a country band called Whiskey Falls. He worked with them. He had another band called Slave to the System. All these things, right, after Brother Kane broke up. And then he went to work for uh, Thin Lizzy. He was a guitar player for the Thin Lizzy. That was his favorite band, and I'd seen them a couple of times. Well, they're actually called Slave to the, or I mean, uh, Black Star Riders. They changed the name to Black Star Riders because they were doing all the Thin Lizzy catalog. They, but now there's like three or four songwriters in the band, and they didn't want to do another Thin Lizzy song, another Thin Lizzy album without Phil Lydon, so they just changed the name of the band. 
But they right. would still do the Thin Lizzy catalog, but now they changed the name of the band so they could put some new albums out, and which they did. Uh, then Damon left that, and he went and uh, did his own thing. He had Damon Johnson in the Get Ready. He released a few albums there. Very cool. And then he started bringing Brother Kane back into the fold. People were, so many people were requesting it, and he's actually out right now. He's touring. He does Brother Kane, and when he's not doing Brother Kane, he is with Leonard Skinner now. He's actually he filled in for Gary Rosington when Gary Rosington first got sick, like about four years ago. Now Gary Rosington's passed, so now Damon's like a permanent fixture with uh, with Leonard Skinner right now. And you got to meet Gary when uh, you... I did not get to meet Gary. No, I didn't get to meet Gary, but I got to meet... You um, did get to meet someone from Skinner when you went to oh, the NAMIs, right? Thank you, yes. Um, yeah. And, and dude, that's a whole... I remember watching that live stream. Yeah. Yes. And I remember being upset because I'm like, what the fuck is Nelly Furtado doing before? <laughs> I'm like, get Arcane Belief well, up there. She because was... I was like your number one fan at the time. Like, dude, get this bitch off, I, man. I was yelling at my computer. You actually got one of our first stickers, man. I remember that. I, yep. I remember I have, one of the CDs. I yeah. have your original demo. Yes, you where do. Where it was just all acoustic. And you're like, we're looking for a singer. Corey Jacobs is just doing it so we can have something. But I'm just like, I will learn them, Bucky. I'll learn them. Yeah, he sounded he great. I did man. not so get cool. that job. <laughs> but yeah, because uh, yeah, that was really that was cool. And he did he, he knocked that dick in the dirt with those those songs. That was awesome. But um, hey man, better man yeah. one. It's all right. Oh, that's okay. You guys okay. did we amazing. Love. You guys we did went out, we... fucking incredible songs, and obviously, sweet ambition still fucking holds a special place in my dude. Heart. Every, I cannot hear that song without thinking about you. I swear to God, I cannot hear that song. I'm like, man, Will just loves the song so much. I used to lyrically. perform it uh, when I was doing the yes. solo thing. Yes, and I played it once, and Corey was there. Yeah, like Corey White. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, I'm fucking doing this in front of the guy that wrote it. I'm like, oh, um, shit. What you call it? The uh, yeah. was it three fifths? Who who's Corey Jacobs or three eighths? Corey. Jacobs? He's with three fifths. Yeah. Three fifths. Okay. Yeah. They actually do traveling man and another arcane belief song. Really? Yep. Yep. Look at that's you. cool. So that's pretty cool. I think that's awesome. Like, because those songs are to me, those are great songs. Keep them alive. Keep playing them. Keep listening to them. Other bands keep doing whatever you want to do, man. Because that's that's really good stuff. And anyway, so, uh, yeah, we were actually lucky enough where we got, uh, we're up for NAMIs, which is uh, Native American Music Awards out in Buffalo. Yeah. Uh, at the Seneca Niagara Casino. Now we're talking like 2012-ish, yeah, right? Yeah, 2012, 2013. And the reason I remember that is because, sadly, my pops passed away that, like, a week and a half before that. And I remember Oh, yeah, that my marriage that. passed away at that time, too. Did it? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So we... Wait, nice comparison. Good one. <laughs> oh, my marriage. Okay. I'm sorry. I didn't know we are doing trauma Olympics here. It's like, my dad woke my, my, my fucking wife. She was sucking dick. Oh, God. If I have a headache, Will has a migraine. It's amazing. It's, <laughs> it's Fuck like an ABC after school special with chapters, this guy. Uh. <laughs> so anyways, um, yeah, it's 2013, uh, May of 2013. And uh, so we went. We went out there, and um, yeah, we didn't. We didn't win, but dude, just to be around all that, that is so cool. Because this, and I thought this was a neat thing. We go. We walking in. Fuck that noise! I wanted you guys to win. We did. We we wanted to win, man. Fuck but that noise! I wanted you guys to win. Goddammit! Here's, here's the thing. We didn't win, but when we walked in, no bullshit. There was another band. Oh Christ! I wish I could remember their name. They're also up for like best hard rock, best new rock band. And they're cool. They're a three piece. And this guy was big. He was a big. He's like six three, six four. I ain't talking about player. them. 
I, ain't I know, I know but here's a cool I thing. I ain't talking about... Man, this is like when Jethro Tull stole that fucking Grammy from Metallica, yeah, okay? Yeah, yeah. I don't give a <laughs> shit! I don't give a shit! But it was cool, because when we walked in, I remember walking by these guys, and yeah. they he nudges the big guy, and he's like, that's them. He's like, that's who? That's that's Arcane Belief. Those are the Mohawks. That's they're the, other, they're the other rock album. Yeah, yeah. And he came up, and he's a big dude, imposing fella. Yeah, and I'm like, "Hey, man, what's going on?" And I, I don't know if it just disarmed him, or whatever. I smiled and told a joke, and he laughed, and we were friends until the was it like? Hur, 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 hur. Uh, he was a big dude. He was a big dude, and uh, and he was a big Indian. Huh? He was, yeah, he was. We're like, Jesus Christ, how's nerds ratchet? Yeah, exactly. Jesus yeah, mm-hmm, juicy fruit. He um. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but he uh, they're actually from Oklahoma they're from Oklahoma of and, course they are uh, those guys are great they're really cool that's where the and fucking warriors are from yeah. that's why they're so fucking big they're big dudes and unfortunately yeah. man uh, he died like in a, a truck or car accident like probably six or seven years after that but he was a very cool guy anyways um, but just to be around that environment, well... Well, now I feel bad for saying fuck them. No, no, that's cool. Don't worry about it. He was a very cool dude. He, he, he's laughing his ass off. Um, but, uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't know, but... I yeah. can't hear it. No, yeah. I'm kidding. Ah, but, um, we, but who was there was, and he's there every year was Ricky Medlock. Now, Ricky Medlock, he had a band back in the 70s and the early 80s called Blackfoot. Uh, train Train. Yep. Okay. Here's a cool thing. So he's there. He's there every year. He's he's and he's not. No, he's not Blackfoot. He's like, he's Cherokee and something else. Ricky Madlock is because he's yeah. Actually but it was Florida. a cool name. Yeah, it's Blackfoot. Yeah, that's course, right. That's yeah. right. Well, he's a Blackfoot Indian. That's why. No, no, no. Shut your face. That's not why. Yeah. But he grew up with the guys in Skinnerd. A lot of people think Skinnerd's from Alabama. They're not. They're from Jacksonville, Florida. That's, that's where they right. Grew up. A lot of people think, oh, that's it's right. Alabama. Nope, they had a no. song called Alabama. No. That's it. That's right. They're from Jacksonville, Florida, and they were kids together. Ricky grew up with them. As a matter of fact, there is an album called uh, it's uh, it's Leonard Skinner the Muscle Sh- Muscle Shoals Sessions or Muscle Shoals Recordings or something like that. Uh, Ricky Matlock is actually drumming. He actually drummed for them on that album before Pi was a Pile Pius Pius came on. Is that his name? Doga. Okay, all right. I, I, I'll have to look that up. But he's the he's the other drummer on Skinner. But Ricky drummed for them first, mm. and so it was really cool because Dwayne Greenfield, our drummer at the time. Uh, we had the band there. He is standing. This is after the award show. The award show is all done. Everybody's just kind of mingling and hanging out, and everything's cool. And Ricky Malaka is talking to like a few people, and and Dwayne is like standing behind him, like sideways. These guys like he's you can tell he's listening to him. And from like across the room a little bit, Dwayne catches my eye. I'm like he's like he's waving me over. Get over here, man. So we go over, and Ricky Menlock is talking to this crowd, to this little group of people, and he's telling them how Skinner wrote Simple Man because he was there, how they how they did it, and like you know, and the way Ricky talks, he's you know he's like, well you know, I was uh, I remember when they wrote Simple Man, and um, you know we're all really young, and how they did it, how they wrote their songs. This is how Ronnie Van Zandt worked. This is how Ronnie worked. Uh, they had the music down, everything was good. They didn't have any lyrics at the time. And so Ronnie is like, I'm going to go do some fishing. Let me go do some fishing. You guys keep, you know, keep on that. Keep, keep working that riff. Keep working that tune. I'm going to do some fishing. About 45 minutes, he comes back. And uh, he says, okay, play it from the top. And, and they did. And he didn't have nothing written down, no nothing. And he sang that song. And that's what you hear on the album. He actually had those lyrics. 45 minutes, went fishing, came back. He had the whole song. It was amazing how, how this guy worked. That's how, that's how, <laughs> that's how Ricky talks. 
And um, and so now here's Dwayne and I behind Ricky Metlock's back, like looking at each other, like, can you fucking believe this? This is incredible. <laughs> and like Ricky's just talking away, I'm like, this is fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah. Like two kids sitting next to their parents' door and they're talking about Christmas gifts on the other side or some shit, you know? Yeah. And um, so and then later on, I actually got to just one-on-one with Ricky. I saw him and went up and introduced myself and thanked him. We actually, he was kind enough to take our pictures with us. We had our medals for not winning <laughs> around our necks. I, re- you know? I remember that. And yeah. I remember when you came back to town and you telling me about how you met Ricky. And yeah. You just like, and it was, and it was crazy. And then, he, and then I mentioned Damon. I yeah. mentioned Damon. And he's like, oh, man, you know Damon? Damon's my boy. That's my brother, man, Damon. I said, yeah, I've known Damon for this long. Oh, my God, man. Yeah, Damon's my boy. That's amazing, man. And he goes, do you know Scott Collier? I said, yeah, I know Scott. I got his number right here. Oh, do me a favor, man. Uh, give Scott a call. I'm going to give you my number. Give Scott a call and tell him I want, I'm want. i doing a new musical project. I'd like him to, to perform, to drum with us. Uh, give him my number. I'm going to give you my number now. Is that okay? I'm like, it's fine, man. And to this day, I still got that number sitting on my phone. It's pretty cool. And um, any, yes. Any pass? Who? No, Ricky Mallock? No, he's still. Oh, okay. He, no, no, it's Gary, Gary Rosington passed. Okay. Gary Rosington was the last original member of Leonard Skinner, and he passed. Oh. Um, but but again, uh, Ricky Mallock has been with Skinner for 25, 30 years. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. And so, and and he and Damon knew each other. Now Damon and Ricky are there. And I think I think that's just so cool. And there's some more other musical connections and this whole freaking cosmic thread of of musical connected dots that I just happen to be in the middle of for some reason. And we'll talk about that some other time if that's cool. Absolutely. Um, well, there you have it, folks. That was uh, at least seven or eight uh, Bucky stories, and he's got a million of them. <laughs> but, you know, it was nice to let you just go and actually let you talk. And because, you know, we don't get to geek out about music much. The other fellas, they don't get to talk about music. So people that will tune in and listen to this, you're going to get something different. And I'm glad I got to do it with you. Uh, you know, it was fun. But thank you so much for being here, Bucky. It's amazing. Dude, I appreciate it. And you know what? Best uh, best of love out to Josh. And, of course, to Johnny, man. Get better. We love you, man. Absolutely. And uh, thanks a lot for having me, man. Very kick-ass cool. And uh, we'll get together some other time whenever you have some time. And Fucking right, man. Let me know, man. I love the show. I love what you guys are doing. And I'm very, very proud of you. I really am very, very happy thank for you, you. guys. Uh, and just, just keep on keeping on, man. Because it's... Uh, like we talked about earlier, man. It's cliche, but life's too damn short. But I'll tell you what. I've always said this, man. It's 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 cool to chase your dreams, but it's even better when you catch a few. Okay? There you go. Uh, uh, thank you so much for tuning in. We are the Aboriginal All Those Podcast. I'm Sugar Bear. Our guest today was Bucky Cook. And uh, you can find us on Spotify. Please subscribe. Share that shit. And you can find us on Instagram. And uh, you can also follow Aboriginal Law Studios on Instagram. And you can find our show on YouTube. Hit that like button, subscribe, comment, please. And keep an ear and an eye open for our sister podcast, Women's Dance, and our brothers over there on the political front, Sage Against the Machine. Now, tune in and listen to Bucky on CKON. And uh, I want to, I kind of want to end it on a nice Bucky quote. I don't know if he remembers ever saying this to me, but... It always stuck with me. And he says, live for the question. Don't find the answer. Yeah, man. Yeah. So thank you for tuning in, folks. Bon voyage. (laughs) 